what you saw just now, that's what we labor for. That's what we cry for. That's what we stay on our face for before God all the time. To have people who have been so bound and so held in a grip of the enemy to be set free to dance like that. Because just like they are right there, that's the same way. There's rejoicing in heaven. And it brings joy to the face of the Lord, to the heart of the Lord. This morning I'll be sharing with you, and it's going to line up exactly with what we've seen this morning and everything that has happened here with the Spirit just moving. Some of you stood up this morning and you said, Lord, I repent because I know the call you have for me. I know what you've called me to do. I've heard your voice, Lord. I've not done what you've told me to do. God, forgive me. And you said, from now on, Lord, I'm going to focus on what you've called me to do. This message I'm bringing, I pray, and I believe God is going to bless you as much as he's blessed me as I prepared it for you this morning. This message is titled, Hold Fast to Your Confidence. Hold fast to your confidence. Hebrews 10, chapter 35 through 38. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verse 37 says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Do not cast away your confidence. It has a great reward attached to it. You see, if for you as a believer... To overcome and to survive in the race of life, you must have your confidence in place. There are transitions, there are phases, there are stages. Every single one of them, there is a reason. God has a goal in mind for you. So he takes you from one stage to another, from one transition to another, from one season to another. But he has a goal to promote you. He has a goal to increase you. He has a goal to take you to a higher level. You have to see that. In your time of transition, the enemy will come at you and tell you to give up because what you're seeing does not line up with what you know. It doesn't line up with what you're believing God for. There is a power in a closed door, just as there is a power in an open door. The Bible says it is he who closes and no man can open, and it is he who opens and no man can shut. When we bump against that wall, we know the call of God in our life. We know what he's called us to do. But when we bump against that wall, we begin to question ourselves. We begin to question what we know. 
we begin to question what God has spoken to us that we were once so sure of. And so we have a vision, we have a dream, we have a ministry that God has given to us, but we are not sure anymore because we've bumped against this wall. And that wall was simply a transition for God to take you from this level to this level. So you must hear me this morning. If you are going to do anything for God in these last days, believe me, we are in these last days. It's going to get worse. And the the children of this world are waiting for the manifestation of the children of God. We cannot be babies anymore. It's time to stand up and walk for our God. It's time, believe me, prosperity is good. God has blessed me. But I will have to tell you, the gospel is balanced. You are going to have to face tribulations you are going to have to face trials for you to achieve anything for God if the devil takes anything from you one thing one essential ingredient you need to succeed in your race with God in anything you want to do with God is your confidence don't let him take that away from you Once he takes that away from you, you become disconnected from God and the God of heaven cannot reach you because your confidence has disconnected you away from him and you will not receive anything from him. Now I'm going to read that Hebrews 10.35 in the Amplified Version. And we're going to unveil, we're going to reveal the tricks, the wiles of the devil, how he comes against our confidence. So from now on, you know how to fight when the enemy comes against you in this area. I can tell you, you know, build your confidence, but I want to give you the keys. It's helped me. It's helped me. Because I can tell you, when we started this ministry, I was like, God, there was no way. I was, I'm a shy person. If those that know me, I'd rather be in my bedroom reading my Bible, praying than talking to people. I'm just, that's not me. And so when we started the ministry, the first two years, some, you know, were very few, about 25, 30. I would come to church. I'll be so excited. I would see the sister or the brother for two weeks. And two, after, two weeks after that, for another two weeks, I won't see them. I would call, oh, brother, so-so and so, sister, so-so and so, we missed you in church today. Oh, I'm not coming back. Oh, oh, why? The music is too loud. Okay. And then you call sister C, oh sister C, we missed you in church last Sunday, this Sunday, where are you? Oh, I'm not coming back, why? The music is too soft. Uh oh. I'll call this one, oh there's too much jumping around. This one jumps around, it offends me, I'm not used to that. And another one, oh only one person jumps around, we want at least five people jumping around. I was going from one end to the other end until God said, you're going to go crazy. You are going to go crazy. What have I spoken to you? What have I done? What have I put in your heart? You better stay with that. All I'm asking for you is to be faithful over the few. If you're faithful over a few, he will make you the ruler of many. Just be faithful. Be faithful and keep your confidence. Because if you're tossed here and there and here and there, you will not receive anything from me. And I repented before the Lord. And since then, my heart is straight. 
I know what he's called me to do. He's called me to reach the downtrodden. He's called me to reach those who are not lovable. He's called me to reach those who think they have nothing to give. He's called me to lift up women and give them a reason to live, to put joy and zest in their life. That's what he's called me to do. And my eye is focused on that. And that's what I'm going to do. The devil cannot take my confidence away from me. He cannot do that. In Hebrews 10.35 in the message, it says, So don't throw it all away now. You were so sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. It's very subtle. You have to get that. It says you were so sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. God hasn't abandoned you. Some things have happened. But you need to keep your confidence in place. So do you know what attacks our confidence? Do you know what the most demonic, the most heinous attack that the devil uses against us to kill our confidence? is called self-doubt. Where you're not sure of anymore. It's the same hideous demon that went to Adam and Eve. Two people who heard perfectly from God. Eat of this tree, eat of this tree, eat of this tree, but this one, don't touch it. And he went to them and said, did God, did God say? It's the same hideous demonic attack that attempted to make Jesus not pay his price for you and me. The same demon that went to Jesus and said, oh, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Just, you know, God says... The same demonic attack. That's the same old demon that comes to us that makes us think it's no longer a short thing. Self-doubt. Self-doubt is the killer of confidence. Now I'm going to show you how self, what self-doubt is. I'm going to tell you how you operate so that when it comes to you, you know exactly what to do and you know exactly how to fight. That's what my purpose is in this message. Now, one thing about self-doubt is you doubt yourself all the time. Self-doubt is you doubt your abilities. You doubt who you are in Christ. You doubt what God has promised you. You doubt what God has called you to do. At one time, you were so sure, but the second thought has come in and it's replaced that first thought that said, This is who you are. This is what the Bible says you are. This is what he's promised you. This is what you're going to be. The second thought comes in and replaces that first thought and you begin to doubt yourself. Now, how does self-doubt operate? It operates in two main areas. It operates in questionings. Questionings. If you find yourself asking a lot of questions and questioning God then you might need to mm, and think, think twice. Now, it is not a bad thing, a wrong thing to ask God a question. There's a difference between asking God a question and questioning God. I'll give you a good example. Mary, when the angel came to Mary and said, you are going to have a child and his name will be called Jesus, and he will save men from their sins. It was very legitimate for her to ask, I keep saying ask, just forgive me, that's my accent, for her to ask the angel, how will this be? 
since I don't know a man. That was a legit question. And God explained it to her. Now, remember John the Baptist? He sent his people to Jesus to ask him, are you the one who is to come? Or should we look for another? That was a question, but he was questioning God now. It wasn't a legit question, and I will tell you why. Because he was the one that when he was baptizing Jesus, he saw the heavens open. He heard the voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See the difference? He was now asking, here I am in prison. I know what I know, but I'm not sure anymore. Are you really, why haven't you come to do what you said you would do? Said the captives free. Are you the one? See the difference? When you are in self-doubt, there's always that need, there's always that questioning. You're always questioning. There are a lot of questionings. You're questioning God. You're questioning yourself. You're praying, but you're questioning yourself. Should I be reading my Bible? You're reading your Bible and you're questioning yourself. Should I be praying? Or you're, you're praying and you're questioning yourself. Am I using enough scriptures? Am I praying loud enough? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Am I doing enough for God? Am I doing enough for my family? Am I do- you run yourself ragged because you doubt every single step you take. Lack of confidence. And the devil has used this to inflict so much on believers that we are not able to do what we know God has called us to do. Because we so doubt ourselves in every way. And I've said it this morning, even if you have people around you, People around you who are always critical, looking for those things to tell you, to make you doubt yourself. Go away from them until you build yourself enough that when they say it, you can respond back in love and to keep your confidence up. Don't stay around people that make you think you're stupid. Don't do that. Or make you think you're losing your mind. You forget all the time you must be losing your mind. Don't do that. Don't allow people to tell you that. You have to have more self-esteem and self-worth. This area of self-doubt. And what it does is eventually you doubt yourself so much that you lose your self-esteem. You condemn yourself. You don't have confidence towards God. You don't have confidence in yourself. You never do what God has called you to do. And you become what? Average. Just average Joe diploma. It's sad, but it's true. You just become average. All those desires, all those dreams, all those things, purposes that God has put in your heart that at one time, it was like a burning fire inside of you. Now, wake up in the morning, go to work, come back, watch TV, read your devotional, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, go to work, come back, Watch TV, do your devotional, go to sleep, and it just goes on and on and on. And the devil is so happy because through self-doubt, he's made you just an ordinary person that has no effect in him, in the world, makes no difference whatsoever. And before you know it, you're 85, 86, 89 years old, you're on your deathbed, and you're saying, what did my life mean? Wake up. This world is coming to an end. We cannot afford to let the devil beat us down with so much self-doubt that we don't do anything for our God. Do it afraid. Go trembling. 
Use the bathroom a hundred times. Drink all the water you can drink, but do it. Just do it. You know, I, I was one day I shared from here, the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that of a helper. You know what helpers do? Helpers don't initiate action. They help you after you've started something. Then they come in and they aid and assist you. But you have to initiate the action for them to come in and help you. God is waiting for a lot of us just to do something. And all we need is our confidence back in place and to say it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to fail. If you're so afraid of failing, you will never do anything. Believe me, you're going to fail sometimes before you can get it right. Believe me. But don't be afraid of that. Pull yourself up. Put your confidence back in place. And do something. Let your life mean something. And at the end of the day, you know what is really called self-doubt? When you question yourself all the time, you question God, you, you question your everything, you question, am I doing this right? Am I you feeling guilty? You know what? That, that's really called double-mindedness. I'm sorry if this message is hard, but after seeing that again this morning, I'm glad God made me prepare this message. Because there are people, look, see all those people dancing, there are millions of them waiting for, to have that kind of message come, to see that joy. Yeah, we are complaining. Oh, they didn't hug me in church. They didn't call me on the phone. So I'm not going to come to church anymore. God help us. When you doubt yourself so much that you are frozen in place, you can't take any decision. It's like it's this. It's really called double-mindedness. And James verse 1 Chapter 1, sorry, verse uh, 5 to 8 says, or 6 to 8, says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Unstable. Unstable. You start being unstable and double-minded in one way, in one area, before you know it's crept into every area of your life. God asks you to do just one thing, and you can't be faithful to that. You're so unstable, unreliable, before you know it's crept into every area of your life. God says if you're unstable, you will not receive anything from him, period. That's it. If you, have, if you hire a physician who is, who is a, a surgeon... And you have a lump, let's say you have a lump on your hand and you go to him and say, oh, I want this lump taken out. They have to put you to sleep and do all of that. And he says, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, and you ask him, are you a physician? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> what you would do is take your bag and say bye. Or if you hire an electrician and you say, well, I want you to come in and connect some things in my house. And they come and they are, oh, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I don't know. What do you do? We don't like to do business with people who are not confident in themselves. You don't. I don't. I want somebody to come in and tell me, this is what I need to do. This is it. I know what I'm doing. Confident. When you see that, yeah. Dude, I don't, I don't ask you to give me your certificate. I don't see it. But just your confidence, the fact that you, you know what you're doing. It's the same thing. 
We have to be confident in the word of God. If you don't believe him, in the way you, you just have to take it like he said it is. We have more confidence in every other thing but the word of God. That's the demonic attack against Christians. Why is it so dangerous for us to lose our confidence? Why is it so dangerous? Because if he can steal your confidence, he's going to steal your paycheck. It says there, let me go back to that. Hebrews 10.35, it says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. And in the Amplified, it says, Do not therefore fling away, throw away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious word, compensation for reward. When you work at the end of the two weeks or at the end of the month, they compensate you for your hard work. They give you a paycheck. They give you a salary. They give you a check. What the devil is trying to do is to make you lose your confidence and lose your paycheck. Lose your confidence and he will take your reward from you. All those souls that you were supposed to lead to heaven, he will make you lose your confidence. So when you walk to heaven, you walk in empty handed. All that desire to go to Africa, to go to Asia, to go to uh, whatever he's called you to do, to go to your next door neighbor. Sometimes we think we have to go to Africa. Go to your next door neighbor. Your worker, somebody at work that you've not talked to because of the office politics going on. Minister to that person. And go to heaven with somebody, not just with you, walking into heaven. Oh, I made it. That's not it. Make sure you go with somebody. That's what the enemy wants to do. Steal your confidence so you have no reward, nothing to show for it. You have no crown to lay down before your master. Isaiah 30, 15, it says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Your strength to carry on. Your strength to endure. Uh, your strength to wait for the promise of God is tied to your confidence in God. Sometimes the time it takes to get that answer is pressure applied to your flesh. Pressure applied to your confidence. Talk about time. Noah waited 120 years to see rain. 120 years. That man never saw rain, never saw a boat, but God told him, I will cause rain, build the boat, gave him the dimensions for 120 years. He kept walking and doing what God called him to do because he had confidence in the voice of God. God doesn't answer our prayers in five years, in five days, in five months. We begin to, maybe I didn't hear him. Maybe it was too much, you know, I ate too much beans that night when I went to sleep. Maybe it was this. Confidence. Confidence, you must hold fast to it. The enemy, that's all he wants. If he can take that from you, he's taking everything from you. You must hold fast to it as if your life depends on it. You've seen the hurricane victims that the water is coming up in their homes and they climb the roof and they are holding on to everything they can get because they know that's their only life support. If not, that thing is going to throw them into that river and they'll be washed away. That's how you should hold on to your confidence. 
Don't let it go. Don't let it go because your strength, your strength is tied to your confidence. If there's too much unrest in your soul, there's too much turmoil, there's too much worry, there's too much this, it's because your confidence is not in place. You must go back to that place and get your confidence back. Now, what gives us confidence? I've said all these things. I need to, this, I asked God, I said, help me, help me to put these things in such an order that it will be so easy for them to say, okay, I know this is what makes me lose my confidence and this is what I need to do to keep my confidence. So what is it that you must do? What gives you confidence? First Samuel 17, 37. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, and from the power of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You must remember and remind yourself of what God has already done for you. For your confidence to be in place when the enemy comes and assails you with doubt, you must quickly remember and recall what God has already done for you. Saul went to David and said, who are you? Who do you think you are? Just a 17-year-old boy to think you can take on this Philistine. He said, I I don't know. One thing I can tell you is a few, few whatever years ago, days ago, some lion came at me and I called on the name of the Lord. And he saved me from the hand of that lion. A bear came at me and the same thing, I called on the name of the Lord. And he saved me from the hand of that bear. And if God can do that for me, I have history with him. I have experience with him. I know what he can do. If he saved me before, he can save me now. So when the devil comes to you and says, how are you going to pay this bill? You tell him, oh, hold on a minute. Let me go get my folder. See these bills? Five years ago, last year, Two months ago, when I didn't think I could ever pay this bill, somehow God paid this bill for me. If he did it then, guess what, the Satan, he can do it again. That would build your confidence up. God has done so much for us already. You think of what you were before you got saved. I know where I was. Angry at the whole world, fighting everybody. There was nobody in my village who could fight me. They used to call me a Joe Pepe for no, not for anything. I was angry, and I couldn't tell you why I was angry. I had this demonic anger inside of me. And God took that around to the point now that I find myself just loving people. Even, you know, I take care of people that nobody wants to be around. The other day on Tuesday, I was listening, you know, it's a cold season, all these mentally ill patients are just having colds and all of that. And this guy was just sneezing at just nothing everywhere. And to me, it was no big deal. I just went listen to his how he was sneezing on me. And some people were like, ew. And I was like, no. And I can't explain the love God has put in me. But I said, you know what? I'm happy that I have that love for people. Because I know how hateful I was before God saved me. So when the enemy comes to you and says, oh, God is not going to answer that prayer of yours because you're so mean, you're so this, you're so, you committed that sin last night. Just tell you, oh, Satan, you remember the Angela of three years ago? You remember the Angela of 13 years ago? If God can save me when I was that, if God can forgive me of the, those sins, this one is nothing for him. Remind the devil 
of what God has already done for you. And as you do that, it's going to pump you up. You're going to feel like you're seven feet tall. And no doubt can come in to steal your confidence. Mm. John chapter 3 verse 16. We all know this scripture. Jesus loves me. This I know we all know. We sing it. But how many of us believe it? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The next thing you must remember when your confidence is being attacked by self-doubt is this. Believe the love God has for you. Believe the love God has for you. God is crazy about you. He's crazy. Believe me, he's crazy about you. Your name is written in his hand. Your words are continually before him. When you cry, he runs and gets a bottle. And he makes sure every tear is in that bottle. About three years or four years ago, at the you know, early stages of our church, one of the church members coming here, the father was very wealthy, and they invited us one day to come to their house, and, and you know, very beautiful house, you know, million-dollar-plus house. And we went in there, and they were taking us around, and there was this penny, huge penny, right there. And I was looking, and he was talking to everybody, oh, this is how this is, and he came to this penny, and he was like, Oh, this is Picasso, something like that. I was, and I was like, okay. And I was looking to me. That picture was like a kindergarten and just like. <laughs> just, it was such a mess. To me, it was a mess. It was, honestly, I'm, I'm not an art person. I don't know any of those things. But when he was looking, it was just like a kid just took a paintbrush and just did. <laughs> And it was, and I stood there, and I was just like, okay. And then he came and said, the amount he paid for that thing, and I looked at it, and I'm like, ooh, baby. All of a sudden, he started. He's trying to. He was explaining. This is what this means. This, you see, when the light comes in, you know. In my mind, I was like, you mean you paid that amount of money for that mess? But then, you're caught to me. You see, your worth in heaven is not based on your looks. It's not based on your talents. It's not based on your gifts. You th- I know you think you're all that, you know. <laughs> I really, some of us will think we're all that and a bag of chips, but mm-mm. <laughs> your worth in heaven is based solely on what God was willing to pay to purchase you. It took the blood of Jesus to make that purchase. So when you look at yourself and say, oh, I'm fat here. Oh, the rolls, you know, and all of that. Oh, if I, if I go out there, oh, they're going to make fun of me. I, I'm not cute. Oh, you look at, look at that sister when she's preaching. Oh, she's just, oh, oh gosh. Oh, oh, no, just look at this. Oh, look at me. Wonderfully and fearfully made. Made in the image of Jesus. He knows when he put those hairs in and put them in, every single strand of hair, and he knows the number of them. Just, Just look at me. I'm worth something. He took the blood of Jesus to make that purchase, to purchase me, to make me his own. Does that not build your confidence just hearing that? That will raise your confidence off the roof. 
So when the enemy comes and tells you, oh, you can't go talk to that person because you don't know how to talk very well, you know? You, you don't have the education, you know? You, you just don't, mm, the background, mm, they're going to laugh at you. You can say, oh, excuse me? Do you know who bought this lady right here? Do you know how worth, how much worth I have in heaven? And by the time you say that to yourself and to the devil, something inside of you will rise up. Because you are worth something. You are, Jesus loves you. He took the blood of Jesus to purchase you and make you that of God. Ooh, this is simple truth, but I be, believe me, this yields tremendous results. Because you have to have that confidence to go and do what God has called you to do. Just simply believing, God loves me. He's crazy about me. I'm the apple of his eyes. When he thinks about me, he says, mm, that is good. Because that's what he did when he made you. He said, mm, 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 that is fine. That's you. Amen? Amen. Finally, to build your confidence, you must train yourself to fight negative thoughts with words. You must learn to train yourself in the first thought. Most of you, when you come, go out of church today, you know what? I can tell you what's going to happen. You're feeling so pumped up, you know. You're just like, yeah. Bring it on, devil. Ah. You get to the parking lot. Mm, I'm fine. Ooh. You get in your car. You drive home. Oh. Sit down. Bring it on. Then you get to work tomorrow morning. And that same lady who just, mm, And you just lose it all. That doubt just comes in. Ah, that was just for Sunday. Ah, I don't know about all this self-confidence thing. I guess I'm just going to be the secretary for the next 45 years, get my retirement. And See, you must learn to train yourself when those thoughts come to say I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. God has a future and a hope for me. Oh, I have a reward coming to me. My confidence must be in place. If you train yourself. See, when Satan went to Jesus and said all those things to him, Jesus replied and said, it is written. Those three times, it is written. It is written. It is written. It's the word of God that you use to fight those thoughts. Because you're going to have a lot of thoughts. And believe me, we have them. We, you turn on the TV. That's why if you watch too much TV, please, please, please try and cut it off. Because there's so much negativity out there. There are so many voices out there that will drown out the voice of the Lord that's trying to speak to you. So that when those thoughts come to you, you've trained yourself up to just speak what is already on the inside, what's in abundance on the inside of you. Don't allow the enemy to put you down. Satan didn't go to Peter when Peter was walking on water. He doesn't say there, Satan went there and pushed him off the water. No. Peter just took a second thought. That's all. He just took a second thought. And that's what we have, the second thoughts of life. Where what you know, you are so sure of, Satan comes and says, who do you think you are? And then before you know it, you must learn how to fight those negative thoughts with words. Words of affirmation, affirm yourself. Words from the Bible. You don't have to know scripture and verse. I'm the head and not, and not the tail. Oh, you may not know where it is. I'm above and not beneath. You may not know where it is. I, I'm going to make it in life. 
I'm an overcomer. So things like that, you don't have to say, oh, uh, the Bible says in, in John chapter, no, just, just let it come out. Practice it. See, nothing you do one time is going to work. It's something you train yourself in, like Pastor Fred was saying this morning in Sunday school. It's something, it's something you train yourself in over and over. You have to be willing to do it over and over and over and over and over until it becomes a lifestyle. A lot of the things I do, it, because I'm, I, I, I straddle two fields. I'm in a supernatural a lot of the time, but I'm also, I, I work, I'm in the secular world. A lot of the things I do, I do out of my spirit. Where something comes against me, immediately I just check it out and I put it in its, pro- its proper place. And I ha- my kids are always running around the house, mommy, did you call me? Did you say this? Because no, I'm constantly speaking. I'm constantly speaking because I know myself. If I don't, before long, I will just spiral down and I'm down in self-doubt and depression and low self-esteem and all of that. So that's my word for you this morning. It's time for us to let our destinies be out. Don't let the devil just cap your destiny and put a lock on it and throw it away. We can do something about it. Amen? Have you been blessed this morning? Hallelujah. I want you to... Before we go, I just want you to bend your, bow your heads and I just want to pray for every one of you here this morning. It's war time. It's war time. It's war time. There's intense war going on. It's time for us to turn the, the enemy's weapon against him. And that weapon he's using is to attack our self, self-esteem and give us so much self-doubt about ourselves that we lose our confidence in God. I know Pastor Andy already asked if you were here and you felt you had a call of God on your life and you were not meeting that or walking towards that, you know, when you needed God to forgive you. But I'm going to add to that, that if you're here and you've been fighting with self-doubt about the things of God, you don't have confidence, you're just not sure anymore. I just want, I want to pray for you. That's all I want to do. But before also, I want if you're here, if you don't know Jesus, you don't, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you don't know him. You can't even begin to walk in all of this because the devil already has you in his camp. I want you to accept him today so that the confidence you need, we can start even praying for, for God to give that to you. So if you're here, you don't know Jesus, or if you're here, you just lack confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth, self-doubt just assails you all the time. Just raise your hands. Let me pray for you. Just raise your hands up and put it down. Just raise it up and put it down. Almost everybody here. Father, Lord, we just thank you this morning. God, we give you praise this morning for your word, Father. Father, we are worth something to you. When you created us, you put every talent, everything we need to work for you on the inside of us. Right now, Lord, I just come against every stronghold of negative doubts. Every stronghold of self-doubt, I pull them now, right now, I pull them down in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you infuse your people with your confidence, God. Give them confidence to know they are called of you. Give them confidence to know what you've said to them so they can stand on your word and not waver and not doubt for one minute. You love us, God. You love us. You love us with an everlasting love. You said you would be with us even till the very end. We are confident about that. 
that you will never leave nor forsake us. What you've started in us, you are able to complete it. We give you praise this morning, God. Father, as we go about, as we live here and as we go about our businesses and all through the week, God, we, I ask that you remind us of this message. Bring it to our remembrance when the enemy will attempt to come against us with self-doubt, with questionings. Remind us so we can stand and fight with what you've shown us this morning. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. And we say thank you for all you've, all you've done for us today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. You are blessed. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you all on Wednesday. Amen.